Hi, I'm Paul Ford, and you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. I'm the co-founder of Postlight, and I'm joined by Rich Ziotti. Rich? Hello, all. Hey, Rich, can you tell me what Postlight actually does before we get to our exciting podcast guest? Of course. Uh, Postlight helps companies uh, build technology products, whether internal or external. We're designers, we're architects, we're builders, and we like to ship. We love to ship stuff. All right, so I come to you and I'm like, hey, I want to build something that, that lets people communicate in new ways on their app phone thing, huh? Can you do that? We're on it. All right, let's do that. So... With that amazing advertisement done, <laughs> let's get to the gist of the show. Uh, we have someone very, very, very special Ooh. in the studio. I don't think you've ever said that before. Why don't you, you have a close relationship with this person. Why don't you introduce him? Yes, yeah, so this is an old friend. Uh, and uh, every few months we, we get together and get a drink. And, and uh, he's here now again today. His name is Aaron Lammer. Hey. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to Track Changes. Uh, I met Aaron, I th- probably cold emailed you, is my guess. Or you cold emailed me, one or the other. I think I cold emailed you. Yeah. We were in, in both in the world of uh, long-form, deep nonfiction stuff. And I built a tool, and Aaron was a, became a well-known curator. But Aaron, well, I'm going to let Aaron explain. It's funny. I think when I first met you, I was like, I thought we were like, you were making readability. I was working on long form, and I thought we were like roughly parallel. I was working off of my own couch, and I came to see you, and you have like a whole floor of an office building in Midtown. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this, is, this is Rich's old agency, Arc 90. It's yes. like on the 30th floor yeah. of, a, yeah. a, what was it, 747, 3rd Third Ave. Avenue. It's like a yeah. five minutes from Grand Central. It's pretty monolithic. Yeah. Yeah, like it was rough. I was impressed. Well, to be clear, we had other clients. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't just for that purpose. But uh, but that's kind of one of the effects of the internet is you don't like when someone's making something on the internet, you don't know if it's like some giant thing within another company or an individual or whatever. The scale is obscured. There and it wasn't like there were any WeWorks back then. Like it was just either you were either on your couch or pretty much. Let's let's frame this a little bit. I would describe you as someone who. You act like an almost accidental entrepreneur in the cultural space. Be like, you'll see Aaron and be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this long form thing. Hey, you should come on my podcast. We're doing some stuff. And then there's always like a little reveal that comes later like, oh, I'm a very successful musician or, yeah. oh, I'm starting a new podcast thing. And so yeah. I want to warn the audience that Aaron can sound a little bit like a kind of disconnected stoner who's just kind of floating around floating along but he's actually a very successful cultural entrepreneur who's yeah. had a lot of impact so yeah. thank you i want to figure that out like can you wanna, can you make a phone call to my mother and course, give that rap no have her, have her listen to this because i kind of want to figure this out because it's rare you meet someone who's like oh hey i don't even really even know what's going on in yeah. here but i did just launch this new product also, I want to figure it out because we're we're trying to do the same thing, but we're running 200 like every week on Monday I ask myself, which bowl of shit do I have to eat this week? Yeah, meanwhile, Lammer over here is starting a weed podcast. Well, here's one thing. I'm going to say this. I was never a professional in technology. Like I didn't I didn't intern at some tech company or something. This shit barely existed like when I was coming out of college. I worked at a book publisher. But when I actually had the experience of meeting Rich and working on some projects with him, we, we did a project called Read Lists that was kind of a shoot. It's a kick-ass I, I realized, yeah. like, in the terms of the modern world, what I do is 
product design. Mm-hmm. So you started in publishing. I started in publishing, but I've always worked on projects and the sort of like working on like different angles of a project, I think most closely maps to like what in technology is known as like a product manager or a product designer. Yeah. So you were the person who actually, I remember when I was getting started, I figured that five years later, people who were just a little younger than me would come up with the same set of skills and just kind of kick my ass, but they never showed up. You're actually one of them. Like you, yes. you're like, oh, hey, I know computer's pretty good, and I'm a pretty smart guy, and I'm interested in publishing. Why don't I just put all this together and get some stuff done? Yeah. Any of Rich's employees would kick my ass at their respective skill, be it like CSS, JavaScript, audio recording. You're rich and your employees. Um, but I don't think very many people have like the, the whole set, sure. you know, um, particularly like creatively. So well, yeah. this is the bizarre set of skills that defines a product manager. Yes. Yeah. And, and just to throw, uh, just to, to give a little more, uh, cast a little more light on, on Aaron's sort of secret sauce. Aaron has that quality that many product managers actually aspire to have, which is to have taste and to be somewhat empathetic with where this thing is going to land and who's going to use it and how it's going to be useful to them. You have that antenna up that is wondering, well, wait a minute, I don't think anybody's going to care about this. And what happens for a lot of product managers is they get caught up inside the machine. They're amazed at the gears that are turning mm-hmm. and they forget that this thing is going to go live in the wild. And, and Aaron, I think, has that ability to constantly think about that side of it. Now, Aaron, do you get dissatisfied with the product? I just did like an interview yesterday with a guy who's writing like a like kind of like extensive like oral history kind of of this band that I've been in since I was in college. And basically he kept being like, do you like any of the music? you Like every single right. record he would refer to, I'd be like, well, that was a disaster. Let me mm-hmm. like tell you why that came out so bad. I apologize for it. So, no, I, I don't generally end up very satisfied with anything. It's, it's worth noting the long form app, which is excellent, by the way. It's an iOS app. Uh, we just we just pulled it actually after four years. It what? was yeah. It was a good app. No, um, no, but you worked on that app. But you know for why? Like five and a half years. Because it got rejected by Apple. Why? Uh, they've changed their minds about that stuff, and you're not allowed to have third party. Because of their garbage you news app. To, you have to get a um, a written a legal. A letter from every publication whose logo <gasps> or articles are featured. I shouldn't be talking. Um, it's not just because of Apple, but that is wow. Uh, that is that was That's the end of the long format. Yeah, it's fun. You know, a little tiny pro- teams with no funding should not be making multi-platform apps. No, this is the tragedy. <laughs> can anymore. Okay, so wait. Let's, yeah, let's back things back up things because up. we've been talking about a lot of different entities. Yeah, so and we're all over all, the place. What is Longform? Longform was a site I started with Max Linsky in 2010. Um, It was right as the iPad came out. It was right as people started reading on their phones. And we saw this need, which is like, oh, you've got this e-reader in your pocket, but like, what the hell do you read on it? Especially if you're on the train. It's like a New York problem. Um, So what we did was create a service where it was a curated list of articles that were very easy to save with readability or Instapaper or Pocket or any of those things on your phone. We eventually made an app to kind of cut out that middleman. So it was a reader's guide, and yeah. then the app sort of embodied the reader's guide. It was excellent. I, I mean, talk- it, it still is. I mean, it's still around at longform.org. Longform Apple can't pull that. At, we got uh, on Twitter at longform, longform.org. But mostly, I would say um, the site is unchanged since 2010. We have a team of people who read the internet and pick three or four things every day. It's like a powerful filter on the internet. It's great. How did it make money? um, 
we've made money with site sponsorships. I mean, we were early enough that our traffic is enough, not like where startups are like envious of us, but enough where it's like you can break, make enough money to support two or three people, which is kind of what it's always been. Um, the podcast we do is very successful, and Max has been very effective at so selling that, ads. That has that's the li- well. now. That's the lion's share of the income now is podcast sponsorship or like deals where someone will buy the podcast and the site or something like that. So you created a kind of mini media empire by pointing at things and saying, "This is good." I think of it more of like a media small town, maybe a media hamlet or something like that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an empire. <laughs> like you don't have to be sitting there with an orb on a stick yeah. going like, I command all the long form. Yeah, I think of us as more of like like a, like a small tribe roaming the uh, hills around. Hunter-gatherers. The, 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 the castle. But yeah, yeah, we've I've managed to not have like a nine to five job probably since I was like 25. Okay. So that is a tricky thing to do is to pull off, not just to ha- not have a nine to five job, but yep. to pull off with a partner, a sort of sustainable lifestyle business out of good writing online. And we've made a million missteps and like almost destroyed it many times. Mm -hmm. And we tried to raise money to make it not a lifestyle business. And that was like maybe the biggest waste of my life. Because no one would would give you money or what was the problem? I mean, I think if I had like camped out in San Francisco on like a like hostel bed for six months, Mm -hmm. I would have eventually raised the money. But- it wasn't that much money. It would have just allowed us to do the same thing for a year or whatever. I mean, we basically just figured out how to make the app without money because we didn't have money. Like I made a deal with the iOS developer for equity. Basically he ended up owning like 15% of the company for making the app. He put a lot of work into it. So I think there's always a way. And you're happy with that outcome. I love this outcome because I want to run the site forever. If we had taken money from someone, we would have had to shut it down. This is the thing, right? The minute the minute you get that money, the odds that you're going to have to send an our incredible journey newsletter email. And meanwhile, you have this thing. You have the you have the site. You have the podcast. Yeah. You know, and you it have a community. Opens doors. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a stepping stone for Max to start Pineapple Media, which is his company, which produced Hillary Clinton's podcast, uh, Lena Dunham's. They just did Missing Richard Simmons, which was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like those doors are quite as open without this like one thing that people know about. Well, it's the independent streak, right? Yep. Like you guys could have said, oh, God, I'm tired. Time to go get the job. Yep. And you didn't do it. And I have to respect that. Like you guys, as a fellow entrepreneur, I I know what that that sort of draw is to kind of continue to st- be left alone. It's tricky, right? Though, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not. Indi- you're, a t- you're kind of a, like a tortured artist, Rich. Oh, I'm a mess, dude. Every year I talk about ever I'm since I've focused known- on my backyard. Yeah, I, I um, Rich likes to sell. Like, he really likes he likes <laughs> he likes a hustle. I, 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 I respect that. And I, and I, I also like I envy the hustle. Like I, I envy like but, I think making money is fun. Like I, I am as excited sometimes by the sort of like success parts of it that as I am by by the art, That's which I'm usually dissatisfied by by yeah. the end. And you went to you you kept good relationships going with authors and publishers and yes. so on. So you're dealing despite your independent streak here, you're dealing with pretty big entrenched organizations yes. and being friendly and positive and getting them to sponsor your podcast and stuff like absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that comes I think out of saying, you know, everyone knowing that these guys stayed independent. They're doing their thing. It's small but you know what? They stand behind it, and it's not just—it's—it's it's not a cubicle or three or four cubicles inside of the forty-third floor of some big media company. And I think when people talk to you, they—they want to connect to that, right? And I think you know, pineapple is, I think, still 
independent enough. Oh, it's totally independent. Right. Yeah. Such that no I funny. think it's right. So, so it's attracting, you know, that kind of, that kind of interest. I mean, eventually you lose, like, I, I think eventually you'll become very successful and then nobody will like you anymore. But I've for already, now. I've already seen that happen. <laughs> I mean, like I, I uh, my band was touring opening for Chance the Rapper this mm-hmm. year, like who's probably the most well-known like we gotta get independent into your, artist. yeah let's let's get hold on you I see just he did actually, it again he just sort on, of casually on. went there as if oh yeah hey well <laughs> before we get to that so so let me just close up long form and I'm, that's actually appropriate because i don't work that much on long form anymore it's a couple days a week i've we've both kind of backburnered it it's we your wanted, baby though you gave yeah, birth to it's our it. baby but it's co- still a couple days a week it's our it's calling card still yeah. the podcast so yeah. you have a community around it yeah you know I, there's actually a funny test for a lifestyle business which i think is can you throw a really good party out of it at any yes. good time and you can yes you can get 100 people in a room with a little planning yes and they can have some drinks and go like good job yeah. And I feel that that is um, that a hundredth podcast party that was just only for guests on the podcast, which I recommend you guys do when you get to 100. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. pretty fun. You That's put good. all the guests in one room. We're like no 60 else. something, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a fun idea. I mean, it's a hot ticket because you're like, I don't think you, I, you know that like Michael Lewis and like David Grant have been invited to the party. You can look and see who's coming. Hmm. Yeah, I was. I don't know if you invited me. I did invite you. Oh, Paul. I didn't. Uh, you go. weren't there. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you definitely didn't invite me. I'll tell you that. Um, Paul was my like third guest on the podcast, and I came home, and my wife was like, "I don't think audio's for you." Paul's great, but you're not. You're just a really bad interview. <laughs> what I remember, my kids were like two months old, yeah, and I remember doing that because I was so tired. I was hallucinating yeah so the whole podcast is just like i don't even know what anything is about anymore <laughs> it's just me just like i'm my mouth is opening and i can see the words like five feet away and i have no clue i just know i have to go home and, and nurse two babies my wife kept saying uh, it doesn't seem like you're really listening to what he's saying you just ask the question i was like how am i supposed to read off the questions and listen to him at the same time it's, so there is a learning curve to so 97 people. podcasts later yeah God, i didn't know i was just the third that's funny yeah all right so this is great. You got a nice thing that works well that promotes writers and helps them get more attention. Mm-hmm. And there's a little community around it, and there are people who make some money from it. So that's what the web was so, going to be. That's great. I like that that happened. All right. So yep. for people that don't know who Aaron is, the backdrop has been set, right? It's sort of we're in upstate New York. It's a lot of reading. Yeah. It's a lot of tea. You sit there like right? once once a year. You're like, should I grow a beard? I don't know. Yeah, should I grow a beard? And then you get into like growing herbs. Yeah, well, you buy an old Victorian house and yeah. you fix it up. And it's not because it's not about the money. You're willing to go upstate enough. Yeah. So that it. Yeah. You know, of course, I don't commute. I'm a. I read and I go to the farmers market. And then you kind of end right? up. You end up in a band. And to be just to to highlight, I mean, Aaron is white. For people who don't know what he looks like. Uh, and and going to be a pretty big shocker to people who've been listening so far. So far, <laughs> exactly. So we go out for drinks. I want to I want to transition this way. We go out for drinks was it two three months ago, maybe four months ago. It's Paul, Aaron, and myself, and we're talking. And Aaron casually, I forgot how it came up. I think we just ordered the second beer, and he goes, "Yeah." So, you know, I've been just, you know, I just found out that it's, you know, it's just broke 15 million views. I just, you know, I I co-wrote Kanye's song. (laughs) And the way he said it, it made it sound like he was talking about he's really looking to go to a writer's retreat in Iowa, but he's not sure if he will. (laughs) But it came out. That like that. No, that's Kanye's right. song. And we're just literally before that, the conversation had been, I think I'm going to have another Stella and then I should go home. 
Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then and then you dropped out that you're writing songs for Kanye West. No, well, what? That, that social interaction has a, a similarity to a lot of social interactions in my life, which is people are like, "So how how are you making a living? Like, are you are you doing okay? Well, do you have any food? Do you find it? Do you find it? I a can little, see that you're eating well, so I'm not too worried. Do you right. find it a little awkward to admit you're kind of entrepreneurial in certain crowds? Yes. I yeah. Do. Right. Yeah, yes. I'm seeing this. This yes. is because you're, I in run a, in different worlds. You're in a band called Francis and the lights. I am in a band called Francis. And the song that Rich is referring to is called friends. It features uh, Justin Vernon from Boney Vare and uh, Kanye West is in the video. And he's also on another song. on our Two album. really lame. I mean, I'm Who's sure that we should be chill because you know, they might listen to this podcast. Oh yeah. yeah. Just in case, <laughs> just in case. Hey Bonnie. So you um, co-wrote the song? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a song that, for, I mean, Francis and the lights has been a songwriting project that I've been doing with the singer Francis since we were in college. And this is just one of the, you know, hundred to 200 songs we've done, but kind of with the last record at like, some big thing started to happen. Just everything started to lock together. In yeah, a new way. it was like a, a confluence of factors. Francis had been working with Chance a lot, and he did a lot of um, the Surf the album that um, Donnie Trumpa did with Chance and his most recent album, Coloring Book. And we had done a song off of Co- Coloring Book has a song that's actually a sample of Friends on it called Summer Friends that was pretty successful. So there was a little bit of like an upward moment. Oh, so literally, you, you, Francis and the Lights was sampled. The song Summer Friends is a sample of the song Friends, except it came out before Friends. Okay. So there's a there's a lot of recombinant weird musical DNA happening. Absolutely. But I imagine this all goes down in L.A. It's all in L.A., yeah. Okay. So what you're here, though, the whole time. I was going He's to L.A. He's wearing a Golden lot. State Warriors cap. I just get... I imagine... I'm from f- Berkeley. Oh, okay. I just um, imagine he found out about this while he was on his couch here. That is actually... I came home and I saw that Chance's album had come out and I sat through and listened to it. Like, I didn't know if we had any music on it. Like, the first time I heard it was, like, when it went up on iTunes. See, that's, that's, this is Aaron's life, right? This, this is, is a weird life. Yes. Yeah, oh, that happened. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm right. part of something huge now. Yeah, and 10 minutes later, he's on Seamless Web. Just but, uh, but I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. This has happened to us before, and it's, you know, things go up and down. We had a song on the first Drake album. Mm-hmm. We toured with Drake, Drake's first national tour. We were the opener for Drake. Okay. So at the time me and you knew each other, I had already written a, a Drake song. You never mentioned it. I, I probably did. You probably, I, I, I probably I sh- thought you were lying. I showed were... some of my, like, I, uh, some of your employees figured out the name of the band and were, like, listening to it once. I remember that. I do remember that. But it's also, like, people, like, unless you say something like, oh, like, I have a video in Kanye West, and if you say you're like in a band and you're 35, like yeah, it's oh, not going. It's like yet. oh no, that, they turn I away. I pity. It's like please don't yeah, tell me anymore it's, about it's like, this. It's like Lady Godiva going through the town. Everyone just like <laughs> looks at the ground. So I know you guys think I'm like playing this a certain way, but I'm also playing like against reactions, and even that's even true now where I won't tell people, because people pity, it's like an awkward interaction. Or no, I'll say something like, we were talking about Chance the Rapper, and people will be like, who's Chance the Rapper? And I'm like, okay, well, uh, like moving on with this conversation. No, I, get, I, get, no, I tell people I'm a writer, and they're just like, oh, no. Yeah, please, no, like, oh, uh, yeah, send me your novel, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, yeah. okay. You know, you, they just don't believe. So Kanye, Kanye West, obviously you guys aren't like, driving around together but no but he's I mean, a Francis, fan right? Francis has a relationship he he became a fan like this year but he like 
Francis did some work with him, and I don't know. He tweeted like that. Friends is like the best, his favorite song of 2016. Which like <sighs> it's nice. crazy. It's it's a real validation. Like that's crazy. I don't underplay it. Like so, I spent a lot of years. So here's the not question. Hearing that and, and it feels great. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> here's the, the difficult question: Who pushes it out? The New Yorker pushes out a, a long form piece on. It's it's entitled God give me the title Paul the underbelly of Kanye West. Uh huh. Do you put it on long form? Uh, probably not. I mean, unless it, how good is it? Good? I don't know. Let's say it's a really good six thousand word good. piece. Well, they, there, there is actually a New Yorker story about Bonnie Fair that we appear in. So this actually has happened, and I don't think we posted it. No, you didn't see that. Isn't it's that okay. fascinating? No, I understand that. What's decision. wrong with Bonnie Fair? I love Bonnie Fair. No, but what's wrong with him? Oh, I don't know, nothing. I think his album's great. What do you, you didn't like it? No, I did like it. Oh. I think there's something wrong with him. I actually really like that album. It's very squeaky. The new one? Yeah. It's insane. I think he's a G. I think he's. It's like his. He's okay. probably the most talented person I've ever been in a room with. It's his OK computer, he's a and no, we're just not ready for OK computers in our culture right People now. People are kind of catching it. Like I've seen shows from right when it came out, and shows now, and it's like, it's it's badass. It, it makes sense. It's, it better, took a it's better after a year. It's badass. That, like it's a it's plug, that kind of an album. Uh, YouTube video of that Red Hook show. We were, that red, we, we were at that Red Hook show? No. Oh, we, no. We, uh, Francis came, went, played Friends as, as the encore for that show. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, jeez. See, so this, See is, this is making me sick. I'm sort of getting the pattern because the thing is, is for us, it's this hilarious series of grace notes. Like, yeah, just like, oh, yeah, let me get another beer. I'll tell you about how I played. Yeah. You know, I, we did the encore for Bonnie Vera. But what I'm getting is, you know, I kind of have a lot of hustle going on. I do a lot of different things. And boy, is that complicated for civilians. Well, for <laughs> for one thing, I wasn't on stage there. So the minute, like, All that right. kind of a thing I comes out, yeah. like, it's like, you don't want to be, like, brat. It's kind of the same about, it's like, web projects. It's right. like, no one cares, like, who made, it's like, be excited that people like the project. I'm, like, in the background of the project. Like, I can tell you specifically that night, which we played that Red Hook show, Francis was hired to do, like, a corporate Christmas party. At, mm-hmm. And I, like, torment, like, sometimes manage him because, like, someone has to, like, be there to, like, collect the money, mm-hmm. basically. And then we jumped in, we finished the show, like, jumped in a cab, and I was, like, calling, Boney Vare's manager had called me, like, seven times, like, are you playing the encore or not? And I was yeah. like, we don't know what time we get on. And we got in the cab, <laughs> drove up, ran in, ran on stage. So for me, that's like a kind of a weird work night. You know, it's like exhilarating, but it was also, we also almost missed it. You sure. know, for me, that the project has like both of those. Sides You've been doing it. this for 15 years. It's just there every now and then it gets, it gets a it huge boost. Flares up. up. Yeah. And, and then for most of the time that you're doing it, it's this weird thing in the background of your life. We also had no idea what we were doing for the first five to ten years. Of sure. That. None. Didn't sure. know how to record. Did you make some good money just to, uh, getting into the mechanics of all this? Um, it's the first time where I feel like if the project continued at this pace, it could support Francis, basically. And, you know, some of that runs to me also. But it. um, it's not it's startup not retire, it's Well, not. no, it's interesting. It's not startup money, but it's like... It's like being a senior editor at a publishing house, right? right? You know, it's like it's, it's not, as much money as you're going to make in like a creative field, yeah. but and it's you not can totally keep consistent. doing the work. That's the nice part. And there know. are weird, like we have a song in a, a different song of ours called "Sear Out" is the like song in the like Audi commercial in Germany mm-hmm. that's like big now. So it's like if a few of those things come in, basically, like I just renovated my house on like a German Audi commercial. 
Right. Nice. That's the nice. only German Audi commercial we've ever had. So well, that may be the only time that ever happens. Right. You can't count on it. I cannot. You no, cannot can't count. You can't. Right. I think that the ones that are fascinating to me, it's like, you know, Moby, you know, going to open a sporting event in Spain, right? Like there's, just, <laughs> there's a kind of architecture for really, really famous musicians yes. where they're like, we're going to need something really big here and we can call one of these 25 yes. people. But everybody else is just, you, you're going to get to remodel your house. That's nice. You get, yes. you, get that, you get that room and that's good. And then it could be three years starting today where nothing happens. Absolutely. Yeah. The most lucrative probably way to make a living in it right now is like Francis is touring all of the like, Coachella clones. Right. So there's a huge industry of festivals now and they pay better than regular shows. They're a little easier to do. You do one a week. That's kind of, I could see how you can like live forever mm-hmm. doing that. If that industry, but you're continues. not touring. I don't usually tour. We used to tour with a band, but we've been playing shows like in more of a rap setup with just a laptop and a mic. And I did, we went on tour for uh, nine weeks opening for chance. The rapper 9,000 miles. Like I think we did, 36 shows in 42 days. Wow. I see you still refer to him by his full name, Chance the Rapper. You don't yeah. just casually drop Chance in there. I'd call him Chano if I was calling him okay. one thing, but yes. All right, so this it, is what Aaron does in addition to doing long form. I think there's wait, more, Paul. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Let's get into a third segment of the show <laughs> where we talk about the fact that you've started a new podcast. Yeah, and that's the primary thing I'm doing right now, actually. Ignore everything else I've talked about on the show. Um, I have a show called Stoner. Uh-huh. Uh, launched one month ago. It's a show like long form is a show where I just like you talk to writers. That's mm-hmm. like the whole show. This is a show where I talk to people about weed, um, mostly creative, interesting people who maybe are outside of the quote unquote archetype of what you imagine a, a person who likes weed is like. Um, it's so my sense is you smoke weed. That that's true. And okay. I, and I, and I've okay. become, I'm more comfortable. I'm one of the things I'm conscious of in starting this show is that I'm like, people are going to be as comfortable as I am. So I have to be really comfortable being like, yeah, I smoke weed. I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Uh, What's a lot of weed. I smoke weed pretty much every day. Every yeah, day. But yeah. what? Like, we're in New York City. The weed that I'm, is here. I don't smoke a lot of weed compared to people in California who that's smoke a, thing. a lot of weed. I smoke a lot of weed for New York. Okay. That's, uh, no, that's an important boundary. Yes. You, you cannot smoke weed with people in, New York, in California safely if you're a New, just a regular New York City civilian. I had moments on that chance tour where I oh, was like, yeah. no, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I just walked on stage and I'm operating a laptop in front of 10,000 people. Where are my I, legs? I literally don't know which button to hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. That's and great. So Meanwhile, you, it was one of his best performances. That's one of the highest pressure places to operate a computer is when it's just got like a single like output to like a 40-foot speaker. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. The that's eighth good. inch. It's just yeah, a little eighth great. buzzing a little that's bit. That's great. And you get that, that pop-up window. Like, oh, yeah. Lord. Flux kicks in. I saw every single thing that could go wrong on a laptop has occurred to me yeah. like in front of at least a thousand people. That's perfect. All right. So you smoke a lot of weed. I do smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. And, and that, that's something I've been worried about saying because I'm like, well, what if I have to go back and get a job? And like my first like G- I'm SEOing. That this I is smoke, your brilliance. Weed, let, me, let me be clear here. That ship has sailed for better or for worse. <laughs> Yeah, the window is closed. I mean, you're going to get what you could end up as like creative director at a weird agency yeah. like three to four years from now. You yeah. like there are jobs for the dude yeah. who did the three big like, things. Twice backup, a week. You my just backup look. plan, if like I told my wife, like if you have like triplets, 
I'm going to try and get a job as a product manager for Rich. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. Utterly that's, flattered. That's the thing. Like there, there's ways for. I that feel like work. Rich would let let it fly, let it yeah. slide. Well, yeah, I think he, I think you're a very good product manager. Well, no, like joking Dave, aside, Dave Allen was the basis for Gang of Four and ended up working at a branding agency for a long time, and then um, at Apple Music. I I have to be honest that like both advertising and like what you guys do, which is product, mm-hmm. I guess, are like appealing to me, and it does look fun to just blaze through projects. And not like be so attached to like I ruin my life with every project I do. Yeah, no, that's I, like, the thing. There's obsessed, something there's yeah. something cool to me about just getting thrown prompts and then like because that's kind of what a lot of the things I do in songwriting are like, where it's just like, all right, like here's a demo for a song. Let's finish this together. Yeah. You the know? key thing about our business is that over investing emotionally is actually a tremendous risk. Mm. It represents risk to the business and to actually completing yeah. the product. Ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just ship according to the deadline and assume that if all goes well, you will be able to iterate. But it, it is it turns off that part of your brain. You're right. not allowed to freak out. Yep, I think that would help me. I it's freak, good. I'm, I get a, I can freak out. It's good. Well, you still have things that you do freak out about, but eighty percent of them, you you're just like, all right, well, we got to get that done. Right. Well, it's going to be blah blah blah. Well, then we're still going to have to get it done. Right. That's what stoner is like for me, and that's why I like. I decided when I came out with it, I'm going to come out with a show every week for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like if I have some bullshit and it sucks i have to come out with it so it is an exercise i think that's just sort of how to succeed in podcasting in general is like don't be precious about it like you have to like go for it um but it goes against a lot of my creative instincts to have to like ship something once a week no and the audience doesn't care they're just like hey i got my thing they want the ritual oh yeah and they're gonna let you they're gonna let you figure it out they know that you don't really have it together yet and that's okay i call that the diet coke effect what's that like if you like Diet Coke, you just want exactly a Diet Coke. You don't want like a generic thing or like oh, some you other. Don't like someone's a, like, oh, I have like a RC you know, Cola like, free. Yeah. And you also don't want like a fancy cocktail. You're like, yo, yeah. my favorite drink is Diet Coke. And that's how I feel about audio shows. Like I used to listen to Loveline uh, on alternative rock radio. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific formula. Who's it's exactly, the woman from Loveline? Uh, it's a guy. It's Dr. It's Drew guy. and Adam Carolla. Okay, Adam Carolla, right, who right. went on, unsurprisingly, to be one of the most successful podcasters. Right. It's exactly the same every time. It's it, you could like it, it puts my brain into this weird lull, and that's sure. what I want. Oh, yeah. That's what I seek from you know. Audio. It's funny, the strangest people tell me they listen to the podcast. I have cousins who are not in technology. Oh my god! And they say I love it every week. It's you know I get my Tuesdays my pastrami lunch day, and and I listen to the podcast. I, I feel that way. That's how I it's listen that to Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. Right? I listen to Bill Simmons, and my I swear to God, if you looked at my brain, it would look like I was sleeping while I'm listening right. to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't even really watch that many sports. Like I'm like lulled no, by Simmons people talking about Bill stuff. Simmons is your sports. Yeah. yeah. All right. So look, we're talking about sports. <laughs> but <laughs> Topic we is, all clearly know a lot about. This is a podcast uh, which I don't really associate with sports. It's it's about weed. It is. Well, I, I think weed itself is a bit boring. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's that much. Everyone, you can tell your weed story. Not to people who smoke it, though. A lot. It's not boring to them. They want to talk about that all day long. (laughs) They love talking about (laughs) it. Oh, my God. Well, I'm creating a forum for that. Well, okay. I agree with you that there is a weird interest in weed. Like, when you look at, like, Viceland launched and, like, what's the biggest show, Weedicate? Like, there is a very strong consumer interest. How many people smoke marijuana in America? People say as high as, like, quarter to a third. I'd say even higher than that. Yeah. A okay. quarter or to a third admit to smoking marijuana. All right, yeah, so we're I'd looking at somewhere between like 50 to 100 million people. Very big market. Occasionally will smoke up or more more than occasionally. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, and only going up as legalization allows more and more people I'm to just, try it. And crafting the PowerPoint deck in my head for the, the stoner <laughs> media plan. But I think I think you're right. I think there is a growing cultural interest in this sort. What's been so far a very private, absolutely latent phenomena. All right. So we started a podcast to promote our company, mm-hmm. um, which meant that. We hired some people to help us from time to time, and we, not just time to time, they help us every week, um, Elizabeth and Tom, and we record it, and it goes out through the various podcast networks, and eventually people hear it and kind of come back and get in touch with us. But what you did is a little different, which is you're starting a a kind of a platform here. You're going to want sponsors. You're going to want, you know, a a more kind of elevated traditional media product. So what did you do to get started? I decided to make a podcast because I thought it was the way I could most intimately reach the people that I was trying to reach for the lowest barrier to entry with a property that they would be able to follow over the years. So I think weed is still like rolling across the country. Um, So so you're not saying, oh, my God, I believe very strongly in every aspect about weed culture and I need to communicate about it. You were saying – I want to do something that's going to last for a while, and I want to build something that's kind of meaningful that people will have a relationship with. And one of the subjects that really makes sense there is weed. I think so. I mean, you know, I believe in technology about, like, doing something that no one else is doing. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to succeed is to, like, fill a hole. And I looked, and I was like, look, if there was a great show out there, I probably wouldn't do it. And I did look, and I saw that there are these sites, like there's Snoop Dogg site, Mary Jane, High Time still exists. There's people pumping out low quality, like weed news, like oh, yeah, everything you do in a media company. If and, you were going to tell me that there is a lot of low quality weed content, I, I wouldn't yeah. be very surprised. Okay, so like knowing that, I'm like <laughs> looking at the landscape. I'm going like, well, people, how much weed do people really want? They don't want like, if you're into weed, you're not like it's not like sports. I'm just like all weed all the time. Like that's right. I'm trying to appeal to someone, you know, maybe someone in your 30s, you smoked some in college, you're living in Seattle, Washington, it goes legal again. You're like, "Eh, you know, I kind of enjoyed smoking weed when I was in college. Right. I'm going to go check it out again. You're like, holy shit, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. This used to help with my period. I'm at a like dispensary and there's like 900 options. And, And I don't think like my goal is like to just like tell you what weed to buy. I think it's more to create a community amongst people like yourself. So you're like, oh, there's this other... 30-year-old guy who's, like, having a similar experience. Maybe he's, like, the guy who writes for some TV show, and now you're, like, kind of bonding. Cause so I interesting. Felt, you were in the back of your head. You were like, hey, maybe I'll do, like, the wire cutter of weed for a minute. There. A little bit. I okay. think that's actually not- – I would say I'm st- that's still in play. Okay. So there is a sense of, like, I'm going to create really good content, a little bit of culture here, but also eventually people are going to get a buyer's guide. I think that would be the logical next step. Yeah. Like I don't want to be on the daily publishing cycle, but I would like to be on the like the stoner guide to Denver or the stoner guide to what to buy stoner dads this Christmas. I'll tell you what, Aaron, I'm I'm (laughs) concerned that the affiliate revenue model that your your major providers aren't going to set up a really good, robust affiliate network. And that's why there isn't a lot of weed media right now is there's not a lot of ad dollars and there's not a lot of affiliate dollars. So for me, that means like keeping it lean now, not really expecting to make money out of the gate. I think some of that stuff will come. Well, there's a movement going on, right? Yes. There is a movement and it's it's slowly drifting into the mainstream. Yeah, but it's not like Amazon where you can set up your weed links with an X at the end. Right. But no, if it was really easy, no. there would be 100 people trying to do it. Okay. My strategy is to try to do it early and like hope that 
everything else sort of catches up. Yeah. Because the fact that there isn't Amazon doesn't sell weed stuff is actually a blessing. Sure. I wouldn't want to get involved in any kind of e-commerce except maybe something like weed where there is an entrenched Amazon. Right. Right. Weed culture's fun. I mean, I I don't I don't smoke weed for medical reasons, but I love watching people who smoke weed. D- depending on where you put the comma in that statement, it would mean different things. Yeah, I know. You said, we'll leave it hanging was out it, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. For medical reasons, <laughs> I love watching people who smoke weed. Like the, and this is a worthwhile plug, the, the Action Bronson show on Viceland where he just, him and his buddies just sit there and they watch like History Channel. He's a yeah. remarkable talent. But he's a remarkable talent. And he's and also I, kind of, a, he's a good rapper about lunch meat. And yeah. he's got a lot going on. And he ain't no dummy, but the whole, you know, the whole kind of angle. I mean, there was a, a spike way back when everybody wanted to watch Cheech and Chong, and they weren't necessarily, you know, people who smoked weed. Well, it's funny watching it's people funny. be that actively dumb. It's just funny, right. Like, I mean, here's this uh, a chubby Albanian guy singing about prosciutto. And then he just smokes himself into oblivion and talks about aliens. Right. That that's entertaining. It's entertaining. I think I don't think you guys are identifying that. the right idea, which is that stoner culture is a lot more than like an herbal plant that gets you high. Exactly. Stoner culture is deeply embedded in the internet. In fact, like if you look at like what the precedence for a lot of like meme viral kind of culture is, like mm-hmm. stoner humor is very, right very yeah. overlappy. Yeah. That's true. The really dumb stuff, like actually even I can has cheeseburger has a stoner vibe to it. If yes. you look at it from 10 degrees to the left. Yes. Exactly. And, exactly. and I think that all of that stuff, there's some sort of an overall Remember when we used to say, like, America was, like, 300 personality types or whatever? I think, like, people who like weed are, like, one of them now. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to unite all those people with a, like, smart, cool show that people will get into and find people who are like themselves. And they're from all walks of life. Like, I mean, one of the other big parts I want the show to be is show that, like, lots of different kinds of people smoke weed now. Older people, younger people, people of different races, etc. And I think that when you're not, like a white guy who's into jam bands and you mm-hmm. like weed, you might feel like there aren't other people like you who also like weed and maybe the show would change your mind about that. Where's this a couple years from now? Am I at the Stoner Weed Fest upstate? I'd, Where, I'd like to doing? keep it like, I'd like to keep it cool mm-hmm. and I'd like to keep it focused on what's useful. Like what Rich said, which was a great compliment to me earlier about product design is I think a lot about like how people are actually going to receive something and I don't want to be like, Jam in your inbox with content and stuff. Like, I could see it much more being Hey, millennials. Yeah, like, to me, I don't know. Like, I've seen some people who are able to maintain things that that build a large audience but still feel personal and intimate. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'd like to make money on it. but And I'd like to to do more things. But I'd like it to still feel like a little, like, little project like that. All right, so if people want to listen to Stoner, the podcast, what do they do? You pretty much just search Stoner in the podcast store of your choice. You can't really tell someone how to uh, listen to a podcast, which is a problem, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so we'll, we'll, it's in iTunes. You can okay. link to it. It's in you know Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Stoner.co, you can listen to it on the web. It's on SoundCloud. It's funny. I have to put it in 28 different places to listen to That's That's podcast today. It's a distributed platform that doesn't really work. It was very unclear once I started a podcast, should I even have a website? Like, should a podcast in 2017 have a website? Are you, what's it like finding sponsors for something that promotes semi-legal behavior? 
I've had interest already, but I haven't like signed any. It hasn't happened exactly yet. Okay. Um, a lot of the problem is that it's like podcast sponsorship is national, and there's completely different markets for weed stuff in different states. Mm. So a lot of what I'm waiting for is for like a nationally unified market, which would allow someone to be like yeah, but the what about blue like, apron of weed? Or, right. Are there any maybe like corn chips? I mean, I w- I do think like. There's no reason that someone oh, like, should be all over you. Yeah. Or someone like, I don't think there's any reason like someone like MailChimp should be like, we don't care about like, you know, it's like, why not? Like, what are these people like trash because they like smoke weed? You know, like <laughs> the people I listen to the show are like people who do creative stuff and internet stuff and art possibly. and stuff. Squarespace. You're, you think it's a push? I don't know. Squarespace did that. Like Jeff Bridges sleeping yeah. Thing that clearly was weed inflected. Everybody <laughs> piled on, like the 420 pile on this year was immense. Like yeah. the brands piled on 420 pretty shit. Oh, all over Twitter, year. right? Yes. Like uh, everywhere. Everyone's just like, hey, it's 420. I'm like, yes. oh, thanks, Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> yeah. Oh, national. Yeah, that was that was exciting. I mean, I would like to have been in some of those like social media consultant meetings where they're like, "We're doing 420 this year." Postmates yeah. is doing 420. We got to we, we got to get the teens. <laughs> um, all right, so you've got long form still going, long still, form still going, preserving going long form journalism for the internet, keeping it keeping it well read. I think no one cares anymore, and that's actually the best the best place. No one's trying to save journalism or promote long form journalism anymore. It's just like some people like to read articles. Like to read some stuff. Kind of come full circle to yeah. like magazines. They have articles in them. That's cool. We want to keep that going. That's the, that's what it was all about from the beginning. And then uh, Francis and the Lights, check them out. Yeah, uh, and the Lights on Twitter, on tour this summer, lots of festivals. If you happen to like be going to like a festival in Alabama, we're probably playing at it. And if you're in the market for a deeply weed-inflected podcast, I have a specific pitch there actually, which is okay. So you don't you don't smoke weed. He's pointing to Rich. Rich, Rich, Rich does not enjoy weed. Paul's not commented. I ask you both, and I ask everyone who's hearing this, like you have a friend who this podcast would be perfect for. Do that friend a favor and tell them about the podcast. Like, I know not everyone wants to smoke weed, and I don't encourage everyone to smoke weed, but I think that there's someone in everyone's life who would enjoy the podcast. And since it is like a kind of a weird taboo topic, maybe only their close friends know that they really like weed. Tell your close friend who likes weed. All right, so send an, send an email or a DM and say, yes. heard this, thought of you. Th- exact, that's exactly <laughs> right. You, we'll put a, a pre-populated tweet into the email. Fantastic. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, Aaron Lambert, thank you. Thank you, guys. This is great. great seeing I you, love man. your show. By oh, the way. Thank you. That's really kind of you. It's really incredible that um, you guys, like, do this while you do, like, a job. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, people should know they've been listening to Track Change as the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. What else should they know? Uh, talk to us. We've actually got a nice backlog of, of emails, but keep emailing us. Hello at postlight.com. That's right. And we'll answer questions and give us comments. Sometimes, sometimes people just say, had a thought. I don't have a question, but I had a thought. And some of the thoughts are really good. We so. like thoughts. And we're out there listening. Anything you need, you just let us know. Give us a good rating on iTunes if it behooves you to do so. No yep. pressure. And we better get back to work. See you next week. Bye. Bye.